This is No Starving Artist Podcast. I'm Anisa Benitez, your host and fellow creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, mentally and spiritually, as we all deserve a successful creative life. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is about having compassion for your inner critic. The one who has a lot of feedback on what you should be doing and the way you should be doing it and why, especially in regards to your creative endeavors or creative output. In this episode, we'll be, yes, definitely focused on having compassion rather than quieting our inner critic. In previous episode, episode 11, How to Silence Brain Chatter and Hear Your Creative Mind, we explored how quieting the critic is valuable the voice of the kid in the classroom who raises their hand for every single question and when they're not even called upon, they shout. Meanwhile, there are other students in the classroom of your mind or body. Those students are your intuition, your imagination, your desires, your dreams, and they all have responses to the questions. They have answers and they deserve to be called upon instead. But you know how that inner critic is. They're she yelling outside, you know, yelling in the classroom and disrupting things. And so you as a teacher needs to take that little inner critic and pull them aside, take them out of the classroom and have a quiet talk with them. Take them aside politely and get a better handle on why they might be shouting and so loud and so disruptive to the classroom environment. I hope you're entertained by this analogy. In this episode, we are having more compassion for that voice. By taking them into the hallway, we try to understand where they're coming from, why they're being so disruptive in the classroom of our mind. As artists, this helps us have more compassion for ourselves in those times when we're struggling to quiet the mind, to meditate, to fall asleep, which was the case for me this week. Then we have these three strategies to have more compassion for your inner critic. Our agenda for this episode is first, how this topic became irrelevant to me, i.e. me trying to fall asleep and the voice being so loud I could not meditate it away, had to engage. Two, our second segment will be a three strategies to have more compassion for your inner critic. And last but not least, will be a semi-related culture wreck, if nothing else, the quote, that I'll leave you with, I think is quite valuable. If you've been enjoying this podcast and getting value from this podcast, your support through donation makes a difference. More than anything, your rating and review on Apple Podcast would be hugely appreciated. Sharing this on social makes a difference. All of the things help. So if you can take the time to help grow the podcast, help it sustain, and help it reach other people, to support other people. That would be much appreciated. Without further ado, let's get into it. How this topic became relevant to me this week was... Oh, trying to sleep in my mind before sleep, right as I thought I was going to doze off. Like a tornado, an avalanche, something epic 
swirling back into my mind were many thoughts which evoked strong feelings and before I knew it I was caught up in those thoughts a bit and the thoughts were really rooted in you know fear and criticism etc really resembled the tornado from the wizard of oz where i was about to doze off and then all of a sudden this tornado of thoughts swirls into my peaceful canvas plane of my mind and i'm taken away and i have mindfulness that i'm being taken away in those moments and for whatever reason i'm not i'm not i feel like i'm not able to disengage And there were many factors at hand when I was trying to fall asleep that were not conducive to my new sleep was that I was, you know, traveling for work. I was in a new location. I was with a new person. I was feeling new feelings. Ooh la la. I also wanted to perform really well for this modeling slash acting slash dancing job of mine that I was booked for and traveling out for. But the relevant part of this to all of us is that we often have those moments where despite all the meditation and how enlightened we feel and how mindful we feel, you just don't have those days where, but times in life are just difficult to fall asleep or it's difficult to get past our thoughts, our criticism, etc. And we apply those techniques and we say, oh, we need something stronger. We need something stronger or we need to have more compassion. So, yeah, despite me lying in bed, having done a meditation that day, despite me in that moment doing a body scan where I bring my focus into the senses of my body and release tension and and relax, I still had that tornado kind of come back and pass me. It kept swirling me and I was like, okay, we're struggling to quiet the mind. What's another technique? Behind a lot of my thoughts were definitely fear, and that was obvious, but I had to take a moment and engage with them a little bit more, ease them, massage them a little more. Having compassion meant entertaining a little bit of a conversation with those thoughts that you know are just fear. So it was me taking that kid, inner critic, into the hallway, taking those additional 10 minutes and being like, hey, 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 worried mind, what you worried about oh you're scared that you're doomed oh you don't feel comfortable you don't feel good enough and sometimes my inner critic had a good point I was hired for this job where I had to do well they wanted me to do classically classical ballet and I'm not a ballet dancer I'm a modern dancer it's very obvious from my movement to a person who's trained in classical ballet that I'm not a ballet dancer however I spent the last week training up and I was doing all the things and still I did not feel confident in my modern in my ballet abilities so my inner critic was like you're not trained for this they're gonna be so disappointed with you blah 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 and I said I hear you I understand you are not a classically trained ballet dancer and you know who also understands the production team, your agency, the client who hired you. They already know that. You've already communicated that. And it's going to be okay. You don't need to worry. You're going to just do your best. And then my inner critic was a bit quiet in that subject. So I had to 
kind of, you know, have the whole little conversation with it to get it there. Because then it couldn't bring that one up anymore. We resolved that one. There were still, to be completely transparent, more swirling, more swirling around, well, what if this brand that you're doing this job for isn't really actually legitimate and ethical as they presented themselves to be and it really ruins your public image? How is this going to represent you in the future? You're going to get canceled. And I was like, okay. Those things are not in our control. We signed a one-year release. It'll be okay. I hear you. I hear your fear. All we can do in this situation is really try our best and do all the research, ask the questions that you did do. And, and for that, job well done. You know, and that's kind of where I left that conversation and the, and the new things arise. But the more that I did this, I felt the more tension was being released from me, the more that tornado turned into a little swirl of wind and then to something that maybe was just a light breeze and before it, I would, before I knew it, I was falling asleep. And there are situations where we're not always going to be able to get to that level of resolve <laughs> by speaking to ourselves. There are some areas where my critic wasn't going to ever completely disappear, but I, you know, they were kind of at a pause to be transparent around this person I was with. I was like, you have been asking the universe to meet somebody like this. Now you're fearing not having somebody like this in your life. And that's valid based on your past experiences. What you need to do is enjoy the present of it. So, yeah, that was something. And I hope that in those moments where you felt, oh, my mind is swirling, I really can't get a grasp. My hope is that from this episode, these three strategies to have more compassion for your inner critic will help to have a bit more of that conversation because we can be mindful, we can release thoughts, and then there's times where it's extremely challenging to do this. In all situations, it's not like we can always meditate our way out of things. Sometimes it's valuable to engage a bit and get to the bottom of things and have a moment of introspection instead. So that will be our focus for this next segment. Self-compassion helps soothe the inner critic is the title of our source for these three strategies on how to have more compassion for our inner critic. Our source is from goodtherapy.com and I really appreciated it because these are kind of things that I've been doing unknowingly um, and it's nice to have a little bit more of a format around it. So the long short is the three strategies. The first one is called practicing self-kindness and that's where you focus on the you individual strategy two is common humanity that's when you take things into a broader context maybe you feel something is personal to you and you say hey let's take a step back let's zoom out how many people have the same human experience and then strategy three is to meet our moment-to-moment experience how can you bring yourself back to the exact moment that you are in right now because of a lot of a lot of our fear a lot of our worries has to do with the past or the future not usually with exactly where we are so I appreciate this quote from the article it says with self-compassion we give ourselves the same kindness and care that we'd give a good friend Dr. Kristen Neff 
Dr. Neffs describes self-compassion as quieting our inner critic and replacing it with a voice of support, understanding, and care for oneself. In this moment, we treat ourselves with the same compassion that we would treat somebody else who is suffering in that same experience. And this can be challenging as our defensive have definitely developed and we know our own patterns and we know our own behaviors and it can stop us from being vulnerable. But try to objectively remove yourself and this is where mindfulness really comes in what helps us shift out of these patterns is meeting our experience with acceptance with compassion and with that mindfulness so these are the three strategies to practice first practicing self-kindness by doing this we let go of pursuing perfection we accept that In life, things don't always go according to plan. We learn to recognize and accept that pain is part of life. And we meet our pain with kindness, compassion, instead of self-condemnation and harsh judgment. So with this first practicing self-kindness, it's really just greeting the thoughts that are swirling in our mind and saying, hey, it's going to be okay. Life doesn't always go according to plan and really treating it as a friend. Really tuning into what it's saying, what words are swirling up for you, if there's any words that are particularly triggering. Why are they so harsh? Why is that voice so screeching? And try to get a better understanding of that. Strategy two, common humanity. So another strategy is to is this, is to really tune into the fact of the we rather than focusing on the I. Stepping into the we allows us to recognize that, one, we are all vulnerable. We are earthy and perfect human beings. Two, we are suffering. We all suffer. We all feel moments of inadequacy. It's felt by everyone as part of the human experience. And finally, we all walk the path of life together. Sometimes this path is smooth and pleasant and sometimes it's unpleasant and strewn with obstacles and challenges. So technique applying common humanity is really saying, hey, how many people do you know have had a similar experience to this? Do you think other people have had a similar experience to this? Do you think that they've gotten to the other side of things? I've historically, if it's not daytime, it's around, not right before bed, I I go on Google and I Google search people who are dealing with the same problem as me and they always have, (laughs) and they always, somebody's always experienced something that I have. It's nuanced. Their exact experience isn't the same as me, but I come to find so many articles of people who have faced similar fears as me, have followed similar paths as me, have had similar revelations and chapters and, and it helps soothe me. I think that's why YouTube is so popular. We can really hear people share vulnerably their personal experiences and opinions on subject matters that we feel nobody else has experienced sometimes in that moment. Then we find out, come to find out, yeah, there's 20 YouTubers who have videos on it. There's 90 articles that are written about it, etc. So how can you zoom out? And then that three, meet to meet our moment-to-moment experience. We do this by one observing our moment-to-moment experience, actually tune into that thought, that feeling, that behavior in a non-judgmental matter, just diagnosing it, saying, hey, that's judgment. Oh, that's fear. Oh, we're self-shaming right now. 
Two, noticing how these thoughts affect your body, your mind, and your heart. So this helps us come back into our senses. You can have this thought arise and say, oh, mm, I'm clenching my jaw. Wow, I feel a lot of tenseness in my jaw because of this thought. <sighs> Breathe into it. How can I release that? Oh, this is causing me a lot of tension. Tightness in my chest. How can we breathe into that chest? Often breathing is the uh, overarching theme of a lot of this. It's like, how can you breathe more deeply? Because that soothes the body. That really brings us into the moment. Three, if we're feeling overwhelmed, we can help ourselves by practicing mindfulness, literally breathing techniques, shifting our thoughts into our sensations. We can feel more centered as we begin to notice how the emotions are affecting our body and those physical sensations to the bodies. We're allowing our thoughts to be, to be there without feeding them. Notice tension, emotional pain, physical pain, and then the change when we feel more compassion or more kindness to ourselves, how we soften. And last but not least, we can send love to the inner critic, the part of us that is caught up in those thoughts and those stories and those limiting beliefs because you can truly kill it with kindness. When you have those thoughts arise, you say, hey, I hear you. You're loved. It's going to be okay. Hey, I hear you. That can actually just be your default response to every single fear that you have arise. Hey, I hear you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even take the moment and write that down so I don't forget tomorrow in the morning. <laughs> but for right now, I'm just going to tell you that I hear you and I love you. I hear your fear and we're going to go to sleep now because we deserve it because we're worthy of sleep. And so, yeah, it's not a fun experience to have those moments of sleep deprivation. It's not a fun experience to have panic in the middle of the day, to have anxiety, to have um, all of these things surface in, in what feels like an overwhelm in a, in a way that feels unmanageable. But it's always information and taking deep breaths, taking those moments for pause and applying these three strategies, which was one, kill it with kindness, that self-compassion for the I, I, I. Two, common humanity, zoom out from that moment, say, hey, this is a shared experience by all of us, we and humanity. You're not alone. And three, really come back to the present, come back to the moment. Take a deep breath, feel exactly where you are, feel your body, feel the sensations. Those three strategies might help you a lot. I hope they do. Because ultimately, mindfulness and self-compassion help us see how we're limiting ourselves. We see and feel the barriers we're constructing around our hearts. We can see them as we begin to explore what's happening within the mind, what's causing us to build those walls. We, when we free our hearts and we're able to explore our real desires, to understand, to open, to pain, to meet ourselves with compassion and loving kindness, it allows for a lot more. When you're able to take that little inner critic kid that you took into the hallway and you, you gave a talk into back into the classroom, they'll sit and they'll be more quiet and they allow other students to talk, our student of who's our creativity, who is our self-expression, that kid is in the classroom who's truly pure desire whose passion whose eagerness they get to be called upon and share what they want in the world slash 
in your body, <laughs> in your life. And it's a beautiful thing. In those moments of mindfulness, it leads us to freedom. Less rumination, less judging, less planning, less obsessing, less tormenting ourselves, more loving, more clarity, more understanding, more ease. And check in. Yeah, it's a balance, you know. I think there's definitely, when it comes to this topic, we can do a future episode on the value of some of our criticism that we have towards ourselves because some of that is valid, right? Some of me and my specific worries around not being a trained ballet dancer are good reminders to me. Hey, Anissa, is this something that you would like to continue improving on? Would it be valuable for you in addition to just doing hip-hop and jazz and all the things that you love to do? Maybe do a little fit in a little ballet. It's almost like an area where you've always historically felt a lack of a skill and you know that it supports you in all the other forms of dance, styles of dance. So maybe you want to... Maybe you do want to take some dance classes and ballet more often, not just in regards to this production. So, yeah. I hope that from applying these three strategies, you find yourself with more loving kindness, a more sense of peace, more sense of compassion. This topic will be an ongoing topic forevermore. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into our culture rec. This last week, I was reading such a good book. It's called Pussy Reclamation by Regina Thomas Hauer. She goes by Mama Jenna, and she's the founder of Mama Jenna's School of the Womanly Arts. She is about helping women and men and non-binary people tune into their feminine energy. So this isn't specific to women, but I think it's a must-read for women. I've been enjoying learning about the reclamation of power in, uh, in, in acknowledging our vagina, vulvas and understanding receptive, sensual, full of joy, embracing pleasure, energy is just, yeah, just so powerful. And I decided to mention this as a semi-culture wreck because one, I just love this book, but also because there's a valuable quote that I want to share with you all, which acknowledges the fear being the root of art criticism. A part of our journey to self-compassion is that even when we get exactly what we want, we are releasing what we didn't want. From the No Starving Artist podcast episode, which is about our fear of greatness, different from the fear of failure, we can also have a fear of greatness, a fear that things might go well. We might have a fear of getting exactly what we want. We might be scared to step up to the challenge of being a more full and fulfilled version of ourselves to see our creative expression really shine. And our inner critic might have us holding back because the comfort zone is exactly as described, comfortable. We can get comfortable with discomfort. We can be like, I just want to stay in discomfort. I'm scared of feeling really comfortable. I'm scared of feeling pleasure. And this fear of pleasure is rooted in a lot of our society. And it's very common to have a fear of feeling really good. And this book has helped me see that. But in regards to our creative journey, here are some examples. 
It's very common to have a fear, for instance, of winning an Oscar, being an Oscar-winning actor, because that means saying goodbye to doing low-budget, short, avant-garde indie films. You're probably not going to get hired. You're probably, if you do them, going to have a lot of challenges with your teams that you work with because once you become an Oscar-winning actor, you don't just represent yourself. You probably have more than that. It feels like those things go at stake when you take risks to do things that are maybe not going to even support your career and maybe hurt your career. What does that mean? There's a lot more things that you take into consideration. If you're a painter, you have now sold a painting for five figures. You're going to make a lot of money from this. But that inner critic might be holding on and fearful because you're saying goodbye to accepting less than $100 on any piece. Maybe that's something that's arising. You are performing, you're a musician, you're performing at Madison Square Garden, biggest, one of the biggest venues for a musical performance in the world in New York City, and you fill the arena, you're successful. But then you must say goodbye to performing for a small 50-person intimate concert where you get to hop off stage and have small talk with your new fans that you recently run out that you recently won over for your performance at this new show. So I think with every transition comes a lot of fear that arises, even if we're moving towards our greatness, even if we feel like we're moving towards everything that we want and we desire, we can still have that inner critic, critic pop up and, and try to pull us back. Um, you can still have fear crop up and arise. And this quote from the book is a little bit more specific to relationships. But here it goes. Rupture is a natural part of life and a natural consequence of desire. For whenever we get something we want, we must say goodbye to what we had. No matter how dissatisfying it might have been, it was familiar. Perhaps you desire a relationship, for example. When you finally meet somebody and fall in love, your life as a single person must end. Just because you've gotten what you wanted doesn't mean you're going to feel uncomplicated joy. There will be a sense of loss as your former life disappears before your eyes. To move ahead as a happy half of a happy couple, you must need to mourn. You'll need to mourn, even briefly, the world of being single. Going back to your creative journey, As you progress in your creative journey, as you share more of yourself, you share more of your creation, share more of your art, share more vulnerably, share more powerfully as it resonates with more and more people, you're going to have to mourn it not resonating with more people. You have to mourn the smallness that you were working and moving into your greatness will definitely come with resistance. It will come with some sadness. It'll come with a lot of fear, it may come with harsh judgment, it may come with a lot of voices, and what helps us move along is also having compassion for the, por- for the part of us that is mourning and is attached. So, I hope this episode has definitely helped you feel like you have more strategies to have more compassion for your inner critic 
those strategies being one, having more self-kindness, really letting that I, 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 I'm struggling portion of you have its time and, and meeting it with compassion and kindness, not harsh judgment. Tuning into humanity, tuning into the we, the common humanity, taking a broader view, even researching and finding others who've experienced what you're experiencing. And three, meet that inner critic by having a moment-to-moment experience, really breathing, really meditating, really coming back into our bodies and away from our mind. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'm grateful to be a resource with to you, with you, along this creative journey, to be along this creative journey with you. If you've been getting value from this podcast, please leave your rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Share it on social. Make a donation at no starving artist backslash support. You can find me at Anisa Benitez on TikTok or Instagram. You are no starving artist. I'm so grateful to be learning, to be more self-compassionate, and growing with you. I appreciate you.